Hey lovelies and welcome back to the Matcha Diaries. Today's topic is an interesting one. It's a rant. <laughs> Basically, we spend so much of our younger years in education systems that are supposed to prepare us and give us knowledge that we can take forward into our lives, and the reality is it doesn't. Most of us leave school not knowing what to do with little awareness of the realities of society. We have spent so many years relying on teachers controlling our actions and a routine of writing essays and sitting for exams. We're told that our grades are the most important thing in the world, and they determine the outcomes of our lives. Study, eat, sleep, and repeat. It becomes our purpose. So Leo and I spend this episode talking about the flaws of our experiences at school and the ways we believe school could better prepare their students going into the real world. We would love to hear about your experiences at school, some things you wish you were educated on, or even ways that your school has made you proud. So you can send us your DMs on our Instagram under the Instagram handle at the Matcha Diaries. So go and grab yourself a matcha and enjoy! Okay, I'll start us off with our highs and lows. My high this week is that I've been reading a lot, which has made me really happy. So I've been actually sticking to a morning routine besides today. I woke up late today. I'll have to admit, I have not read today. I forced myself to read at least an hour every day, which is good. Oh, that's actually quite a lot. Yeah, but it's, it goes by so quickly, I noticed. Because mm. I sit down to read and I'm like, how the heck has yeah. it been an hour already? So I finished Untamed, finally. And I've started reading The Defining Decade, which, honestly, the first few pages stressed me out so much. <laughs> I was like, do I really want to be reading this book? But I'm hoping that it'll just put life into perspective. And I think it's just interesting to see it in different person's views, a view. And Leo always told me as well, when you're reading the book, take it with a grain of, with a grain of salt. So I'm interested to see it. Because it had so much hype to it as well. So Yeah, can you... Okay, I'm so excited that you finished Untamed. Can you give us, like, your your review of the book for those who haven't read it yet? Okay, I think her style of writing is amazing. Like, she, she pauses. You can just tell the way she uses her words. Mm. She pauses at certain moments that make you think and, like, you stress, extra, you stress more onto certain bits that she's saying. And I love how she has little chapters as well because you can just read two pages and yeah. it's, even though it's just two pages, there's something exciting about and you just leave those two pages thinking wow I learned this she talks about so much in it that's what's interesting as well she talks about racism she talks about uh, sexuality she talks about religion she talks about parent like parenting there's so much and I think anyone who reads it can relate to it to some extent which is good as well I'd recommend what was your favorite (laughs) chapter I have two favorite chapters and it was the boys chapter and the and racists chapter. I love the boys chapter as well. And yeah, the, the racism chapter was also really good. That really stuck in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, same. Out of, like, out of the whole book, mm-hmm. those two chapters, I think, have stuck with me the most. Yeah. Okay, I'm interested to hear your um, your final review of The Defining Decade because I completely agree. <laughs> I think it also really depends what your situation is when you're reading it because yeah. I was reading it back when life was pretty much normal. Mm-hmm. So it kind of more felt like, you know, you were progressing with life, you were in your 20s doing what you were supposed to do. You know, I was in my corporate job and all of this, mm-hmm. which I feel like this book kind of makes you feel good about being on that track yeah like being on track for uh having your job set up having sort of a clear vision for the future Mm -hmm. whereas now you know they don't talk about uncertainty at all whereas 
now yeah. this life is so uncertain. Yeah. And you can, I think you could read this book now and be more discouraged or like intimidated than you would be under normal circumstances. So I don't know, just keep that in mind. I felt the pressure where they were like, you need to follow, like, this is mm. the time where you need to figure out what your path is and they will affect the rest of your years but I feel like that's a really close-minded perspective to have because I know people in their 50s now that have been made redundant from their job and they're just now figuring out what they really want to do yeah and they've realized they've realized that they were in that path in their life because they started out this way and they just felt like okay I have to progress through this this path because it's the easy route to take but now that they've had they have the time to think does this actually make me happy they're pursuing what they really want to do now so I don't think it's ever I think being told that it's too like this is now where you find it and then it's it's too late yeah to figure out your path is kind of it's yeah it's discouraging like you said which I mean because I'm trying to take advantage of this time now to 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 figure out you know what my interests are yeah but with I'm trying to not put too much pressure on myself by realizing okay I can be 30 40 50 it's still my life I have control over over whatever I want to do at the end of the day yeah so I'm interesting to see how she takes that mindset through in the book as well. Yeah, because I just think, I think a now or never attitude is so toxic. Like, I think what the book is good at is, like, giving some helpful advice. And I do think it's motivating because it makes you realize, like, I shouldn't be wasting my time, you know? We should be making use out of every moment we have and realizing that, you know, your 20s aren't just for floundering about and, like, getting drunk yeah. and whatever it is. Yeah. Which I think is true, but... At the same time, that doesn't discredit the fact that you can be in your 30s or 40s, like you said, and completely have a life shift and change. Like, it's never too late to change. And if I feel like if yeah. you could be reading this beyond your 20s and be thinking like, okay, well, okay, if 75% of life's impacting decisions happen before the age of 30, what am I doing now? You know, so. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah. So what was your low of the week? My low is just that I've had low energy and I've been really tired. So even though I've been getting more than eight hours of sleep, I just wake up feeling shattered, which is not a nice feeling. No. So I think it's just because I'm not getting as much sun and I'm just, the routine is a bit tiring. So yeah, I need to take my vitamins. So that's that's how I'm feeling at the moment. (laughs) What about you? What's your high? Okay, so my high is actually last night because, I mean, Kyle already knows this, but My best friend from home is currently back in Hamburg and it was so fun. So me and her and I know a couple of my friends who were such avid journalers, obviously, and I still am now, but I've been keeping a journal since I was like 10, 11. And especially in the time period of when we were like 16, 17, there's just so many interesting journal (laughs) entries so we decided to be absolute geeks last night and meet up the two of us and read like take turns in reading our journal entries so because we would literally attend the exact same parties which by the way my only (laughs) my only topics in my journal back then were boys parties partying (laughs) alcohol and boys like I was I was not interested in anything else um but yeah, so because we were going to exactly the same parties, we would always be having journal entries about the same night. So then we would kind of take turn in reading, I guess, our perspective of of the night, yeah. which was very interesting. <laughs> that is so interesting. I feel like it's such a rare thing as well to actually 
have someone write about the same like their yeah how the party was for them or their that that experience was for them and then you can just look back and compare it was so interesting yeah because i'm sure you probably remembered it or wrote about it differently than she did yeah because we would be writing about the same conversations differently like i would mention certain conversations that we had with people and then she would not mention that but then mention something else that happened in the night because I guess everybody just picks up on certain things and I just think it's fascinating what as well what your memory decides to hold on to and which memories it's it yeah. decides to neglect because so many of the things that I wrote about in so much detail I couldn't remember and then other things I could rem- remember in vivid detail so it's mm. it was interesting it was like a trip down memory lane I can recommend to anybody who <laughs> wrote diaries back when they were younger. <laughs> it's such a thing to do with high school friends. Mm. It's, whether it's like looking through old... Yeah, and just old photos as well. Because you're like, oh, I remember doing this this day. Or yes. I remember doing this this day. It's just... And then you just gossip like, oh, I remember when this boy said this or <laughs> this happened. It's just, it's a lot of fun. So. It's so fun. I'm glad you had a nice night. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then I guess my low of the week, mm-hmm. which Kara also knows very well about, um... <laughs> is that I've kind of been having like a productivity complex. Anybody who knows me in person, I feel like will know that I, I always like to keep very busy and I like to feel like I'm on top of things. Mm -hmm. And especially this week, I've always felt like, okay, there is something else that I should be doing and kind of not being able to fully relax because of it. Yeah. And I was kind of beginning to question like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Because rationally, like I know that I have time for certain things, but I kind of realized that it's because of this underlying anxiety that like the future is is obviously imminent and my decision of like what job I'm going to be uh, having after summer and also I'm I'm having like a big job review coming up and I kind of just need to start my reviewing the past year and a half updating my CV all of this sort of thing that process and I've now just started it because I've just decided that I I can't be worrying about it anymore and I just need to get a head start. So that's what I've been doing. I mean, sometimes that's, I think that is what's the worrying bit is mm-hmm. when you know you have so much that you need to do. And even though you do have time, it's just that uncertainty. And I think just even sitting for an hour and putting yeah. something on a paper is, even if it isn't that substantial, it's it helps you feel like, okay, actually, no, I can do this. Like I have the time to do this. I've spent... I don't know. I I feel that way as well. So I get that completely. That's the biggest thing I realized. I think me worrying about something or me worrying about something that I need to do often puts so much more pressure or so much more scary than actually starting the thing thing itself. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is so often the case, even with presentations. For me, or back when I used to do acting and a lot of theater performances, Mm -hmm. the worry or the anxiety that I had before was always so much worse than when I was actually on stage or actually presenting. Like as soon as I'm on there, like I'm fine, you know, and I know Mm -hmm. that I'm fine. It's more just like the pre-anticipation of everything. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, so if any of you guys listening have something that you've been putting off or that you've been worrying about, just get a head start on it. Like even just opening the document and titling the document something or writing the heading, I feel like that already helps. Because then you feel like, okay, now the next time that I'm going to come back to it, it's going to be easier because I know I've made that first step. Yeah. Or even just breaking down the tasks. Yeah. To be like, okay, I know I have to do this, 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 this. Let me just make a a list of something of things that I can complete within the next week. Yeah. And then just seeing it on paper can help because then you're like, okay, I know I'm dedicating time to do this. So. Yeah. Good old idea. And realizing that you have time and 
you know, that you're not, <laughs> it's not as stressful as you're making yourself believe that it is. I'm basically talking to myself yeah. here. This is a pep talk for myself. <laughs> We're preaching all of this, but it's, at the end of the day, it's just advice for us. <laughs> Okay, we are very excited for today's episode. I feel like it is a bit of a random topic, but I think we both have a lot to say. Yeah. Basically, we want to talk about what we wish we were taught about during yeah. school. It is very random, but at the same time, I think it's a conversation or a question that everyone's had. It's like, why didn't they tell us this when we yeah. were younger? Why weren't we taught this? I feel like I'm entering the, this yeah. world without having any idea of how to do things and I'm just thrown in and expected to figure it out by myself so <laughs> yeah and I also think this is going to be an interesting perspective for the two of us because obviously we both grew up in completely different countries and completely yeah. different cultures so we probably had a very different school education as well although we went then to the same university yeah. and to anyone who's listening to this and is still in school um first of all I feel bad for you that you're <laughs> still in school at this <laughs> pandemic time and secondly, I would definitely recommend like trying to get educated as soon as possible about any of the topics that I guess we'll be speaking about today. We're so lucky to now have all these resources like the internet, like YouTube and everything. You can basically teach yourself anything, which is why I do think that generations now are so much more clued up than yeah. even even we were because I don't know, I wasn't that much on the like in the internet when I was, I don't know, younger. Same. Okay, so we've kind of broken this down into three categories mm -hmm. that we've both kind of thought about things in. The first one is finance, the second one is society, and the third one is sex. Yes. So it's going to get scandalous. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Fast forward to 30 minutes in. <laughs> okay, Kara, can you, can you get me started on what you wish we would have been taught in school about finance? Okay, so I just think this is something everyone feels the same way about so it's just the basic things like how to save money how to budget what yeah. are credit cards the cards what are credit scores how do you build up your credit score what are mortgages yeah. how do you buy a house how do you move out this is so true how do you become financially independent it was just never a, a topic of conversation and you just you're just expected to go live abroad then for the first time in your life and someone like your parents just give you a credit card and they're like use it <laughs> no one tells you like what it's for or even how to save money or how much you're expected to spend a month do you feel the same way yeah that is so true I think in, yeah we weren't talked about finance wasn't talked about at all yeah. at our school and um the things that I wish they would have taught us mm -hmm. are taxes yeah and investments because mm -hmm. taxes are something that we all need to do at some point and we basically all will have to end up teaching ourselves via like the internet our parents yeah. or somebody you know even paying somebody to help us so why not teach us this at school and I think then you're already going to have a heads up for example parents who you know have the knowledge about taxes or are able to help their kids maybe more than others and yeah same with investments I think this is especially a big topic for females because I don't know about any, and I don't want to, you know, use any gender stereotypes, but at least for me, I've always found investing such a daunting concept. Yeah. And it's always seemed so out of reach for me. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like this is a slightly gendered issue because I think some of the language of this like seems to be more geared 
towards men and it seems to be more of a an accessible thing that men are expected to do Mm -hmm. which is why I just think it's even more important for us females to after school or in school actively engage with this topic so that we can actually make educated choices with our money and I think that's why it would have been so good to learn about this at school as well because it would have leveled the playing field a bit as well because that's the thing with with privileged backgrounds you know parents who already have knowledge in investing or even have financial advisors they'll already be able to help their kids way more with Mm -hmm. this topic and versus children who don't grow up in these sort of backgrounds and I don't know about you but I've actually started talking about this a bit more recently with like friends of mine yeah and I'm actually learning so much from friends of mine who are like super clued up and because they've decided to now after school invest their own time into it and research what is good to invest in and you know all of this sort of thing Mm -hmm. and they've actually been able to give me some good recommendations for like educational material and apps and so yeah I can highly recommend yeah can you send them over to me (laughs) please Do you think it could be daunting, though, for kids to to feel like all these pressures at such a young age? Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, as a 14-year-old, do I want to hear that half of my money will go to taxes? And do I want to hear that I will probably spend six years trying to save up so much money to not even be able to afford a house? Are these stresses that a kid needs to be dealing with? I think it would just be good to have more of realistic expectations being put into kids' minds so that they know what they're getting themselves into and especially like investing that could just be you know some lessons about the stock market or how that whole system works like that doesn't have to be a daunting concept it's just I think when you have a bit more background information you're automatically going to be more likely to engage with it after after some time you know when you actually have some money saved up yourself and I think that is just really important because instead of you know I don't know letting your money just sit in a bank account where it's gonna yeah go down because of inflation or these sort of things so I think it's important that we are educated about this from a young age yeah you know honestly I feel like I don't know enough about it now and I'm yeah. 22 years old no I mean me me too which is why I want to say I've had I've had all these great recommendations from my friends um so I wanted to take some time mm-hmm. in the next like weeks to to actually properly look into it and I don't know just be yeah. able to make some more smart decisions with my money true right moving on to society <laughs> we told each other we'll take notes on society mm. but I feel like that's such a broad thing as well so I'm inter- interested to see where your mind took you yes. when you're re- reflecting on this it's like an association game <laughs> <laughs> yeah what does this say about you and your experiences okay I feel like I actually wrote down two I guess two main things the first mm-hmm. one which is maybe an obvious one but it's mental health because yeah. from my school days I, honestly mental health was not discussed at all And I think especially for teenagers who are very likely to experience mental health struggles at some point in their school period, even if it is just, you know, mild anxiety, whether that is social anxiety or, you know, school-induced anxiety, I think it would just be so helpful to learn about even just, like, potential resources. And, you know, you could so easily incorporate this Mm -hmm. into, like, biology class, something like that, like, what actually your brain has to do with it so that, you know, teenagers 
will know that what they might be experiencing is normal and also just to destigmatize the issue you know just learn yeah. more about mental illnesses themselves because I think one of the biggest issues I think around it is that there's so much lacking information and so many stereotypes and I think that often makes it even harder for especially young kids to come out and maybe seek help because you don't even know what you should be seeking help for because at that point you're just feeling like you're the only one who's going through this and you feel like so isolated in your issues and then I think for females especially I guess we've kind of already Mm -hmm. touched upon this topic in previous episodes but I think just some further education on like the the dangers of eating disorders and like diet culture in general Mm -hmm. and even just you know shifting the way that we can speak that that can be helpful yes I think that would be really good I've just realized that I've actually written another I've actually got three things (laughs) (laughs) it's okay (laughs) so the second thing is nowadays more relevant Mm -hmm. so it wasn't really relevant when we were back in school but just maybe like a class on social media and how to use it in a like responsible way and in a manner that actually will benefit you because I think it is completely unrealistic to assume that they won't be using it because that's like pretty much a given nowadays so it's more about just like giving teenagers or younger children like the best tools to navigate these I mean still quite new social platforms and like educate them in the best way possible and maybe that could be like having guest speakers in classrooms or that they can relate to more that they would look up to more because I think often it can be so hard to take advice from yeah. teachers yeah that's so interesting okay you, yeah you can you can say your thoughts on that first before I continue ranting. <laughs> okay so I one of the first things I had as well is mental health of course and it's just that self-care mm. is important. In my school, I, in my last two years of school, my teacher, I literally remember my teacher telling me, so your social life is over. You're not going to go out anymore. You can't go out anymore because you need to spend all your time studying for your exams. That's your priority now. It's studying and doing work. You shouldn't be going out on the weekends because you don't have time to go out on the weekends. And it's like putting, setting standards for kids that they should be burning themselves out and just constantly working, working, working mm. to the point... Because I, I honestly felt like a robot at school because I was I was just told, okay, you need to wake up, go to school. In lunch and, in lunch and um, like recess and lunch, I used to be studying. <laughs> I just, we, would, we would all sit there on the, on, like, at the grass and just we'd be you know, preparing for a quiz or just always working. And then we'd go home, I'd eat lunch, I'd see for two hours because I would be so tired from the night before. And then I'd wake up, I'd work till 12, 1 a.m., and then wake up at six the next morning to do the same thing over over again. So I never had any time to just do whatever I needed to do to feel better. That's and the crazy. school never told me that that's okay, you know? They never told me, prioritize yeah. your feelings, your emotions. It was never a valid thing that I could feel. So I think... I so it's, I think this might be a personal thing because I don't know how other schools are and how they take kids' mental health seriously, but at least for me, I just it was never a thing, and that might also have to do with culture and stuff because I think even mental health is still very stigmatized where I'm from. They devalidate mm. your feelings, so I wish the school told me that my feelings were important and valid at a young age because I never felt like they were. Oh, and then also it's okay not to know what you want to do with your life when you're 14 years old. This relates to our conversation with, with Jules and how she like she didn't take, you know, the conventional path to success. Mm-hmm. And in schools, they never tell you that you don't need to go to university if you don't want to, you know? It's just, 
you need to work so hard to get these grades to go do some to go to uni to go do your masters and they tell you when you're 14 you need to, to choose your your subjects and they tell you to choose them related to what you want to do at uni but how are you supposed to know what you want to do when you're 14 did you did you know what you wanted to do when you're 14 that's so interesting because that's a big i i think it's mad that you had to choose at 14 because i um slightly critical about the british system where obviously you have to choose at 16 the sort of like yeah. three topics that you yeah. want to go into and do your a levels in in germany it is a little bit different and i definitely prefer the german system i might be biased because mm-hmm. i was obviously educated in it <laughs> but we basically the entire 12 years so until i was until you're 17 18 yeah. you have i think i had 12 classes to the very end so you just get a way broader general education mm-hmm. the whole way through you are allowed to in the last two years you're allowed to pick and choose certain subjects so you are allowed to so you have to pick at least so you have to have the core classes so you have to do maths english german another language you have to have at least one scientific yeah. class you have to have at least one artistic class mm-hmm. or like one creative class um and then you have to have either philosophy or religion, that yeah. sort of thing. But for example, if you hate chemistry, but you love physics, you could get rid of yeah. chemistry. Or And you can also weight topics differently. So you can decide to take some at a higher level, some at a lower yeah. level, as long as you kind of achieve the overall standard that is I expected. think that's so healthy. And yeah, I way preferred that because then also you can truly only decide in your last year of school, okay, which university do I want to yeah. go into? What course do I want to study? Because every path is still open to you. You can, with your degree that you're getting from high school, you can, you know, you can yeah. decide to be a doctor, you can decide to be a lawyer. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. See, that's where yeah. I felt like I was limited because I did IB, so International Baccalaureate System, where we had to choose three higher levels and three standard level subjects. And your higher mm-hmm. level subjects decide basically what you're going to do for the rest of your life so basically mm. if you do economics and business you can do business and then if you do arts and english and history you can do the arts you know it was very yeah it's so limiting here's the box yeah. this is what you do and so me as a 14 year old i had or like 15 year old i had no idea what i wanted to do yeah. so what i did which is not How a smart should you yeah but so what i did which is not a smart thing to do was i i so i had three higher levels i had art as a higher level so i chose the artsy side I had business as a higher level, chose the business side, and then I had biology as a higher level. So I just did one subject from each stream, which did not help me with job uh, with uh, university applications whatsoever. Because if you did a science degree, you had to do, if you wanted to do a science degree at uni, you had to do biology and chemistry. And then if you wanted to do a full-on business course you needed to have business and economics which I did not have that's so frustrating I know I could do marketing because that I think they that was like the more creative thing so it was good but but instantly I was limited because I was like okay that's actually the only thing I could do yeah which sucks so no I completely agree I think the the, well the way you describe the German system it's so much better because they take into consideration that okay yeah kids the, the the students might not know so much in of each subject in detail mm. they'll, they'll know a broad understanding but when you go into uni they don't expect you to know anything either because first year is basically a, re- a recap of you know the basics and then they they start getting you ready for second year and third year so i just wish school schools didn't give you that pressure where okay 
you need to follow you know you need to figure out what your life purpose is now and you need to go for it which I think is just stupid for me to be honest yeah I completely agree and what you said as well with like that extreme pressure on grades and studying yeah I definitely had that as well Mm -hmm. and again I think it is crazy and that's again a difference between the school systems because I know from the English school system and I don't know how it is where you grew up Mm -hmm. that the entirety of the grade was made up of the exams that you took yeah and for me what was really helpful in the German school system was that 60% of the grade as in your your rolling sort of course grade was made up out of your oral participation yeah and then obviously the sort of very much final exams they were weighted more it's a very like complicated sort of calculation system but again I think that was so helpful because I mean and there's probably pros and cons to that as well because people that then don't like participating in class will then get unfavorably treated in that system yeah so maybe there is no perfect school system you know but Mm -hmm. for me personally that worked well because I liked engaging with you know, the teacher in class, and that was always the best way that I could learn things, was, like, actually engaging with the material and trying to, you know, ask questions and all of this. But I think it's so interesting how it differs so much from country to country. I think that's... If you're kind of told that, okay, your participation matters, it encourages Mm. you as well to make an effort in class. Whereas for me, with IB, I only had... uh, So it it was a two-year thing, and the only results you got out of it were your end of year exams so for those two years the only thing that mattered was two weeks of of it because I had two weeks of exams and that that was it there's so much pressure so much pressure and also what this does is the students that that you know they don't really care and they're not not that academic they take this as two years of not really needing to do homework not needing yeah, to and do then like cramming everything yeah not needing to do the quizzes and tests because at the end of the day they, they don't count and then leaving everything to the last minute, and then they don't do well. So it's just, I don't think it's a smart system. <laughs> but that might be specific to the program rather than schools in general. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Okay, this is, so I'm completely switching the topic now, but did, like, were you allowed to wear nail polish? And, yes. And, like, dye your hair? And we didn't even wear have whatever socks you want. Okay, I wasn't allowed to. What? You're not allowed to dye your hair. You're not allowed to wear nail polish. You weren't allowed to wear na- nail polish. Yeah. So, so something I've written here is it's healthy to express yourself because as a kid in school, you're growing up and you're told that you need to look like everyone else and you can't stand out and ex- and show who you are, and it's you're look you're frowned upon. And I think that's why everyone who I went to school with now at uni looks completely different because mm. we finally have the freedom to do whatever we want to do. That's so interesting. I have kind of like a counter argument to this because I definitely agree. And I think that is taking it too extreme. I think you should be able to dye your hair and put makeup on whatever you want and wear whatever nail polish. But I do see the appeal in school uniforms because I'm not going to lie, I did quite often wish that we had them because because schools, uh, because clothes are such a clear differentiator between kids and because comparison I think is so real at that age I know that you know brands were a big thing and how you dressed and they were yeah they were part of like how you judge somebody else and you know maybe what group of school you fit into because of like the clothes that you wore and all of that and I think that that could maybe serve as an equalizer if at least everybody had to wear the same school uniform 
But I guess then it's like different ends of the spectrum. Like I see pros and cons arguments for and against school uniforms. Yeah, because I, I totally agree with with the importance of school uniforms because also it's, I feel like it's such a hassle as well for students that don't um, oh my have gosh. a uniform to have to pick yes. out what you're wearing every single day and stress over that. Whereas at school, you know, you just put the same uniform on. And also for safety reasons, if you're going on field trips and stuff, you know that all the kids look the same. So I totally get uniforms as a as a necessary thing. But nail polish, like... What does someone wearing yeah. nail polish, how does no, that affect anyone's stupid. education in any way? <laughs> if anything, it just, it makes you rebel and want to wear it. And and the students used to get kicked out for wearing nail polish. Like, they used to get kicked out of class. And it's like, how does that help their education? That's crazy. Okay, I definitely think that's too far. Yeah, way too far. That's, so, <laughs> that's really interesting. It would be interesting if you guys have been in a different school system to either of us. Like, definitely message us with with your yeah. experiences and what you think because we'd love to know your school horror story yes. <laughs> and and what you wish you would have learned yeah my my very last thing in the topic of society would be a little bit more education on teaching history from different perspectives mm. because I think in a lot of school systems across the world it is very much taught from that country's perspective yeah it's tailored and often it is from the victor's side Mm -hmm. for example i don't know christopher columbus being like discovering america when that is obviously not true yeah and i mean all of these things and all of these very important issues that obviously came to more prominent light recently you know, mm-hmm. with like the education on the history and origins of racism in every single country. You know, this isn't just an issue in the USA. This is an issue in yeah. all of our countries. And or for example, anti-Semitism. I know as a German and obviously as a like Jewish person myself, this was very much a topic in our school, as in like the Second World War and mm-hmm. what happened in the Nazi regime. But it wasn't talked about as in, okay, this is anti-semitism is still present and it's still a problem yeah when it is so I think that should definitely be a topic more in schools because it's so important yeah and I feel like there's such bias to it as well because you're you're just hearing information from uh the side that wherever your school is from yeah and it gets to the point where you hear it so much that without you even knowing it just becomes your subconscious opinion as well so then in the future when you're talking to someone about it you're still referring to whatever happened based on what you yeah so for example I know for me because I went to an American school we were taught about American history and then Ed Mm. I was speaking to him the other day and be like what did you like did you guys learn American history and he was like no we just learned about what happened in in like British history and I'm like (laughs) about German history it's just so odd to me (laughs) yeah it really is and also I definitely I obviously get the importance of learning about your own country's history because that is so yeah. important but i just think a bit more of a of a balanced perspective and realizing that the world doesn't revolve around your country and your country is not always yeah. the good person in history yeah <laughs> we're trying to be world changers here leo <laughs> <laughs> let's change the school system yeah okay i have two more things i'd like to say actually but i'll i'll try to be quick dish them out <laughs> hit me so the first thing is coping with failures and rejection because at school, I feel like you just, you study so much for a test, let's say, or you do a project, and then you just get a grade back, and let's say it's not the grade you expected. You are left to deal with all those emotions by yourself. You aren't told how to react. You're not told how to, you know, handle rejection or handle failure and how to grow from it. So I I just feel like you need, 
to be exposed to these resources as well where they're telling you okay you didn't get the grade you wanted how do we then take these next steps you know i need a a support system and i feel like i don't have it Uh, that ties into like mental health as well right like just the emotional support yeah i know more more guidance counselors which actually feel like they are true licensed professionals that won't yeah speak about your issues with any of the other teachers because I felt like in in my school that was kind of what I felt like that it wasn't going to be necessarily confidential if I went to our guidance counselor yeah and just counselors that care about each and every student Mm -hmm. as well so they take the time to be like okay can you miss this period and come speak to me for an hour I want to get to know how you're feeling how you're doing because I never had any of that and the counselor at our school was I think just someone they hired because they needed to have they needed to know that they had a counselor at the school and if you were to go to them, they'd kind of, you know, it, it was never that friendly person yeah. that everyone wanted to go speak to and, you know, just rant to for an hour. Or yeah. So. And then the last thing I think we should be taught as well is just uh, like the struggles that women have to face in the workplace. So exposing, <laughs> exposing the realities of that when you're a kid as well. And like just general inclusion and diversity, because these conversations we don't have at school. And I think as a, yeah. and and we know now that they're so important in the workplace because there's so many company companies now making an effort to talk about inclusion and diversity. So if we know it's important, why aren't schools putting this much effort as well so that we're we're exposed to it at a at a younger age? That's so true because we're educating future leaders and we're educating future managers that are going to be hiring people that are going to be interacting in a team that are going to be bringing their subconscious biases into the workplace. And if we don't start educating from a younger age, then these cycles of injustice, of, you know, prejudice, of, mm-hmm. of biases, it's just going to continue. Yeah. Shall we <laughs> move on to our final and juicy topic? Yes. Right. I think Leo has more to say for this one because... I've never had a sex education class. That is definitely a big problem. <laughs> I've literally never had one. That's crazy. Well, the problem is that I think adults have to be realistic and face the reality that teenagers will likely have sex. And then it is obviously yeah. going to be better to be educated about it than to not be educated about it and then either catch STDs or be pregnant or any of the options which the adults will also not want that are educating the children which (laughs) uh, I don't know if any of you have watched Bridgerton but that's so funny because obviously this it was kind of never talked about I guess back in history when when this series plays as well so she just goes into her marriage and into her her first night I guess you know the the wedding night and (laughs) just doesn't know what to expect because her mother never talked to her about it it was never talked about in society all the men knew, but none of the women knew. Yeah. And, like, that's just crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's still very relevant in today's society and a lot of cultures. Yeah, I mean, that's what you've just said definitely proves that it's still, it, in some cultures, that is still a similar issue, you know, where it's not talked about and it's not... Yeah. And it becomes, like, this taboo subject, mm-hmm. which I don't feel like it should be. And, um, I mean, we definitely, we did have sex education at our school, but I feel like it was so lacking to be honest I don't really remember much of it apart from I don't know getting the putting condoms on cucumbers (laughs) like the classic thing (laughs) and we weren't even really split up into classes of like girls and guys separately 
So that just made it that it was even more like giggling and raging hormones in one room. So I just think it would be so much more productive and helpful if you had separate gendered sex education, because I do think you can be a lot more targeted and the kids would have probably listened a bit more versus, I don't know, just being like in in their hormonal states that, I mean, you just are, I don't know, however old was I when I had sex education for the first time? I think like 13. Like that is very... (laughs) <laughs> that is a very um yeah pubescent age <laughs> with the sex conversation comes your own physical like changes in your body and how you're hand- handling puberty and I'm sure the girls would feel mm-hmm. more comfortable asking questions when it's just girls in the room rather than having you know it's it's uncomfortable and if you just if you just create a space where people can actually feel comfortable opening up and talking about it without you know the the joking oh she's she has your period like no we don't want we don't want that yeah bad energy (laughs) speaking of periods I do think that that would be so helpful to know more about for both genders because I think it is crazy Mm -hmm. that so many men and guys even like our age seem to be uncomfortable talking about it when literally every woman and every girlfriend or wife or daughter that a man (laughs) will have will have their periods or if they don't have it then then obviously they will have to look into why they're not having their periods all of this like it is just such an important topic in every female's or female yeah. identifying's life yeah. you know so I think both genders should be better educated and equally women should also be better better educated about what is happening in their own yeah. body and when something is going wrong like I've only in recent years started educating myself a bit more on it mm-hmm. and similar with birth control you know again I think both genders should be more educated on the potential side effects of it of Mm -hmm. the potential options because I think it's so normalized nowadays to be just prescribed on the pill as the very first option with any sort of problems you may face it can be like oh you have acne and you're 16 go on the pill yeah you have you know heavy bleeding and you're 14 I'll go on the pill you know it's just without even really discussing and being educated about what actually means hormonal birth yeah. control can do to you at yeah. such a young age and yeah. at any age and it's also so expected you know from the men's side which I guess I can kind of understand if you never learn about it and it's just always the norm that okay if you're you know in having relations with a girl then you know she'll she's supposed to go on the pill or she's supposed to take care of contraception and then if if we're not educating then that isn't going to change this this norm yeah another thing as well is with um okay so I was thinking about this the other day and growing up and with me like getting my period and my body changing I never knew what was going on with my body and I never I never even thought about it it was just happening and I, I I'm just trying to think back of like getting my period for the first time obviously I had the the one conversation with my mom but that was it. I had one conversation. And then I was expected to handle getting, you know, armpit hair and growing boobs. And I was just supposed to know, you mm. know, and understand this. At, well, I was 12 years old. How was I supposed to know what, <laughs> like, what was going on? And yeah. this is, and it can be scary because your body's changing and you're so used to looking a certain way. And suddenly, you know, you're you're growing and no one's telling you that it's okay to be, you know, insecure with the changes. And, and no one tells you that your body will change. You're just confused. And you don't have yeah. an outlet. And for people that don't have parents that really talk to them about these things, sometimes it is good to be to have, you know, people at school to, 
taking over these conversations it doesn't have to be overly personal but at least exposing them to yeah your body will change this will happen uh, yeah i think it'd even be helpful if it's just you know this is yeah. a scientific fact your body goes through these and these changes this happens every you know yeah. cycle this happens in this stage of the cycle etc that's what yeah. it's going to do to you you know this is how you might feel this is yeah. how you may not feel I was saying all this stuff to Ed yesterday and he was like, oh, no, my school talked about all these things. So I, it really depends on the educational system. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, because he was like, no, we, f- we full on had all these conversations. We were told how our bodies would change. And this is just to say that, I mean, I'm sure there are schools out there that do talk about this, but we're kind of sharing our own yeah, experiences. This is all very much just yeah. based on what we've experienced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the last thing that I just wanted to bring up is that I think that the sex education that I've had at least is very hetero-focused and I think there should be way more information and resources provided that one can contact or you know one should be taught more about queer sex and just in an like Mm -hmm. open and honest conversation to actually prepare teenagers for sex which you know they will have sooner or later and they may very well be questioning their sexuality at this age or later on in life and so at least I think you should be educated and I think maybe also opening that conversation and talking about different kinds of sex and maybe even questioning okay at what you know what is even the definition of sex you know it doesn't have to be just penetrative and all of this sort of thing I think that would do a world of good for even just stereotypes and preconceived notions that one might have against you know the the queer community as well yeah Maybe I should go back to school and and actually learn some stuff. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch the series Sex Education? No. Oh my god! Okay, you have to watch it. It's actually so funny. I might have to. It's it's up there with one of my my favorite shows because it's just it's set in this really strange uh, alternative reality where it's like they're all they all have British accents but they kind of go to an American school. Yeah. It's very odd, but all the actors are amazing and it's and it's I'll hilarious. I'll have a look so. at it. They're very open about about yeah. sex, so I think uh, after an episode or two, you won't feel awkward anymore. <laughs> it's just exposure therapy. Yeah, the thing with going to a school in an Arab Arab country is, I mean, it's not a conversation anyone has ever, and mm. adults just expect you to or expect the kids to to not think about it. But the reality is that, that the kids end up having to Google things mm. and having to find out all these things online. And sometimes you're exposed to wrong information online. So it's instead of thinking that you're protecting the children by not exposing them to anything, you're, you might be harming them more yeah, than protecting them. So I completely agree. A stigma that needs to get away is teaching kids about sex education is not encouraging, no, them, encouraging yeah. them to have sex. It is not. It's just telling them and like and exposing them to their bodies, what's happening, what's changing, and then how to be safe if anything does happen. Yeah, maybe, you know? maybe it would even be, I don't know, changing the language around it. I don't know if, so yeah. maybe it could just be, I don't even know what you could call it, but I know just something where it can just be a more general informational class on anything to do with your, your sexual health because, yeah, it is it is so yeah. important. And I think if anything, it might even prevent you from doing something you might regret later if you're actually informed on what can happen. Very interesting. I'm going to get my brother to listen to this episode. He is 13, so <laughs> prime time. I mean, it would be interesting to hear his experience because he's still in school. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, let me know what he says when he listens to this. <laughs> I will do. I don't think he listens to my podcast episode, but... Oh. 
this this is the one time I'm quite happy my my family don't listen to this <laughs> to my podcast. <laughs> it ends up being the one episode they watch. They're like, "Oh, what Carla wishes she was taught in school." Let me have a look. <laughs> my friends don't Scandalous. sound like that. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you did it and not me because otherwise, you know, I think we'd have a problem. <laughs> I love it when Ed copies my dad because Ed, Ed just goes, Nadia, can you make me a cheese sandwich, please? And it's like, is that what you think my dad sounds like? <laughs> but Ed's, you know, he can say stuff like that now because I'm not going to leave him, so. <laughs> oh, I feel so passionate about this conversation. Yeah, me too. I love copy my accents. This is a random side tangent. But yeah, no, I feel very passionate about this topic. I'm glad yeah. we talked about it. I feel like we touched on some important things and i'm Mm. interested to see uh if people disagree or agree with us and i guess i think something to remember is you you might have you might have been Mm. taught all these things and your school might have been the perfect example but there are schools out there that are still you know quite backwards in terms of you know mental health and and all all things stigmatized so yeah and also if you have younger siblings i guess that's kind of what i know me and my parents definitely are trying to do like in our household is very much trying to have that impact that maybe you would have wished you would have had. So if you know these things aren't talked about in school, trying to open up these conversations in your home, even if it is just between you and your younger sibling, they might feel more comfortable than opening up to you than they would to your parents. And, you know, knowing that maybe then you can create that safe educational space, especially when it comes to like mental health, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You You can maybe create that within your home if you're not sure whether it's created at school. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shall we wrap up this episode? Yeah. If you guys listen to this episode, we'd love to hear any of your messages of experiences you've had or things you wish, you know, you could have changed or just things at your school that happened and you just hated and you wish you could change. So yeah, we'd love to hear any of your responses. Yes, definitely. And if you don't follow us on Instagram yet, definitely do. We're at the Matcha yes. Diaries. <laughs> yes. Oh, also, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't think we've ever asked for this, but, you know, might as well. Shameless plug. Yeah, go on then. I was about to say it was very nice chatting to you guys, but obviously we didn't hear you. Um, <laughs> we'll speak to you next week. <laughs> speak to you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.